everyone and welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing studying through the book of Romans and in particular today we're going to be reading through Romans chapter 11 verses 25 to 36. So just to recap, we're just about to finish Romans chapter 11, which has been about Paul showing proof and witnesses that God isn't done with Israel just yet. He's actually been bringing up these witnesses, so to speak, to prove that there is a future in God's plan for the Jews. And so far, he's brought up himself, the prophet Elijah from 1 Kings, and the Gentiles, the patriarchs. And now today, finally, we'll have his last witness, and that is God himself. So let's get right into it and read Romans chapter 11, verses 25 to 36. I'll be reading it in the New Living Translation today, and it says this. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. And so all Israel will be saved. As the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem and he will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them, that I will take away their sins. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for God's gifts, and his call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. So what happened to Israel in the past is all part of God's ultimate plan. And it's happening all in God's timing. He knows what he's doing because he's God. The hardening of Israel's heart as a nation isn't final or complete. It's just partial and temporary. But how long will it last? Well, it says in verse 25, until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. So just like how there's a fullness for Israel, so to speak, like it said in verse 12, there's going to be the same for the Gentiles. Today, God in his grace is visiting the Gentiles, who is us, (laughs) and taking out a people for his name. He's calling people to come to him. And as I said in previous episodes, individual Jews are being saved today, of course. But this present time is primarily a time when God is reaching out to the Gentiles and building his church which I think you can see now with the growth of contemporary churches all over the Western world, like Australia, the UK, America. And there's also been kind of like a boom in millennials and Gen Zers coming to have faith in Jesus also. When this present time, though, has run its course and the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, so to speak, then God will once more deal with the nation of Israel. If you read this section in the NIV translation, you'll notice that these verses have that until phrasing in them a lot. And like the one in verse 25, it says this, Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. So the word until is actually mentioned a lot throughout the Bible, and they're all very important and worth taking note of whenever you're reading the Bible. It's actually the reassurance that God knows what time it is, and he is never late in fulfilling his will. 
So we can trust him in that. In verse 26, there's a reference to Isaiah chapter 59 verses 20 to 21, and it's a promise from God. Although it would also be very helpful to read Isaiah chapter 60 to get the full picture, but God has his promise to save his people and he will keep that promise. There are also a lot of people who interpret this section as meaning salvation to individuals through the gospel, but most people tend to think that the prophet has the national conversion in mind, not just individuals, where it says, all Israel will be saved, I think that might mean that the living Jews at the time who see Jesus when he returns will accept and receive him and be saved. You can also read about it in Zechariah chapters 12 and 13, I believe, for the details. I think that might help. So moving on to verses 27 to 28. It's a continuation of the quote from Isaiah chapter 59, but the emphasis is on the covenant, which is the deal that God has with Israel. God chose Israel in his grace and not because they did anything good or amazing. So that's just pretty straightforward. And we've talked about that concept a lot. So I'm just going to keep moving on to verse 29. In verse 29, where it says, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. I also, with that in mind, I also want to bring up Numbers chapter 23, verses 19, which says, God is not a human, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it all through? Well, he doesn't change is what I'm getting at by bringing up this verse in Numbers. God's gifts to Israel and God's calling to be set apart of Israel, that can't ever be taken back or changed, or God would stop being true to his own perfect nature. And the fact that Israel didn't enjoy the gifts either or line up their privileges as a set apart nation that doesn't affect this fact at all. God will always be consistent with himself and true to his word, no matter what other people may say or do. If you remember Romans chapter three, verse three, it says, true, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? So that is absolutely something to remember and think about. So moving on to verses 30 to 32, this is a focus on God's grace. God has included everyone, Jew and Gentile, so that everyone might have the opportunity to be saved by grace, which is so incredible in itself. He didn't need to do that at all, but it says here that there is no difference, meaning that he can have mercy on everyone because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And then finally, verses 33 to 36, that section is about God's wisdom. Only a God as wise as our God could take the fall of Israel and turn it into salvation for the rest of the world. God's plans will never be cancelled. Like I've been saying, they can never be changed. They can never be cancelled. And neither will his purposes They'll, they'll never lack fulfillment. Absolutely no person on earth can ever fully know the mind of God, but the more we study his ways, the more we have to offer him in glory and praise. So the bottom line, does God know what he's doing? Has Israel's disobedience completely ruined everything for everyone? No, absolutely not. God is too wise to make plans that won't happen. Israel may have not have allowed him to rule, but ultimately at the end of the day, God will overrule. And this is because he is God. He can do that. So Paul has wrapped up his five witnesses, his evidence, and altogether, it's all in agreement that there is a future for Israel, even though they've fallen away. When Israel recovers from their fall, they enter into their fullness, as the Bible calls it. And the world will then experience the riches of God's grace as never seen before. And when Jesus comes back and sits on King David's throne to reign over his kingdom, 
then Israel will be reconciled to God and it will feel like another resurrection. It's definitely something to look forward to. And that's where I'm going to leave it today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and in the next one we'll be starting on Romans chapter 12, which is personally my favorite chapter in all of Romans. So we'll be breaking it down into two halves, our relationship to God and our relationship to other Christians. So that's what we'll be covering. And I hope that you'll tune in for that. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone.